Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. Praise the Lord. So we've been going through this portion of Scripture over the last four weeks and we've been reminding ourselves of who we are. We've been reminding ourselves that we have authority. We have authority over darkness, over the principalities, over, what does it say? Uh, We don't battle against rulers, authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, over the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Well, in Christ, we are seated far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is to be named. Amen. And I feel like believers, we need to remind ourselves of that daily, every single day, right? We've also reminded ourselves that Jesus is the truth about God and he's the truth about us. He is the belt of truth that we need to have on. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Okay? You can get so carried away and so distracted right now in this world. Jesus. That is, we need to be obsessed with Jesus. We need to be hearing what Jesus is saying. We need to be pursuing him all the time. Amen? All right. Then we talked about our righteous identity, the breastplate of righteousness, which gives us access to intimacy with God. Praise God. We need to be accessing our intimacy with God on a daily basis, like Tom was saying. We, We don't We don't stop knowing God. He is with you. He's in you. He's every single day, whatever you're encountering, whatever you're going through, it's like, God, what are you saying? God, what's your perspective here? God, what's your heart? Okay, we're one with him. His spirit lives in us. Okay, so we need to learn to walk with him in intimacy. Sin is not in the way. You've been made clean, washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Amen? And then we also talked about our identity as ambassadors, as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Okay, we have our shoes of peace on because we have the Prince of Peace living inside of us. And we're called to go and share the hope of the gospel to a lost and broken world. And last week, we spent the whole time talking about the shield of faith. And we activate the shield of faith when we believe the truth. It's as simple as that. When we believe the truth. Um, And we had an illustration. And I hope you found that helpful. And I hope you've been putting that into practice this week. Okay. 
you'll notice that the first three pieces of armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of peace, they're all things that you're told to put on. It says, put on the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, put on the shoes of peace. Okay, you put it on because it's who you are. Amen? It's speaking into your identity, which you put on as a believer. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24, it says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created in the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, so when we become born again, we make a decision then to walk out our salvation and we put off our old man and the things that belonged to that old man and the the way that old man thinks and we put on our new nature in Christ Jesus and we walk in it, right? And then it says, we take the shield of faith We take the sword of the Spirit and we take the helmet of salvation. I got that out of order. Sorry about that. These ones you don't put on, but you take them up. They're gifts to you from the Lord, which you take and you use, right? And when you use them, you will have victory over the enemy. Praise God. Who wants to have victory over the enemy? I do. Come on. Okay, these are things that we lay hold of and we use. And unfortunately, we see weak Christians and a weak church because firstly, we don't believe or walk in our brand new identity, right, as believers. And secondly, we don't actually take hold of these weapons that the Lord has given us and use them. So today, we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation. Now when most people hear the word salvation, they think, my sins are forgiven, and I'm going to heaven when I die. But I just have three thoughts about how we practically put on the helmet of salvation. Alright, so let's go to... Sorry, we're pausing because this is not the right notes. This is the second time this has happened. Oh my gosh. All right, here we are. Take the helmet of salvation. My first thought is, the way you actually put on your helmet is by engaging in your salvation and being intentional to renew your mind according to the truth. Okay, we need to renew our mind as believers according to the truth. Romans 12 verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be, what? Transformed. By the renewal of your mind, that by testing 
you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect. The Passion Translation, I love how it puts it. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Whoa. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. That's good, hey? Salvation happens when you make Jesus your Lord and you decide to follow him. But just remember that we've grown up in a fallen world and our thinking for most of us has been discipled by a fallen world. Yeah? Okay, so it means that there's going to be some changes required in the way I think and what I do if Jesus is truly going to be King and Lord of my life. Because the way I used to think before when I wasn't a believer is not the way I'm going to think now as a believer. Okay, it's like night and day. Night and day. So it means to, it, it means, if I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation, it means I need to intentionally relearn a new way to think. I need to filter everything that happens in the world and in my life through the Word of God and God's perspective. Because I'm His daughter and I'm called to be His ambassador on the earth. Right? And it also means that I train my brain to believe the word, to believe the Lord, no matter what happens, no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what I'm going through. Okay, this remains. This is true. Whether I feel like it or not, whether my world's falling apart or not, whether I'm free in Darwin to worship the Lord or whether I'm persecuted in Afghanistan, right? This is true. Amen? So we're, we're called to pull on the word of God, even when we don't feel like it's working. Remember the testimony last week? Prayed for a mayor's foot. Didn't see any healing. But I'm like, man, the word says, you will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Prayed for a toe. Prayed for it probably four times. And then bang, she wakes up, it's perfectly healed. Broken toe, which was going to take six weeks to heal, was healed, like within 10 days. It didn't, it didn't work the first time. Imagine if I was just like, oh, it didn't work. Then she'd still have a broken toe. Ah. We have to relearn a new way to think. We have to let this train us, yeah? And there's so much going on in the world right now. You can find a video from a credible person to back up any opinion that you might have. Has anyone found that? <laughs> right? It's noisy and distracting. And it can be hard to know, well, what's, what's right? What's true? What do I believe? What do I not believe? What do I need to do? Right? I want to encourage you. We're not called to be ignorant. Okay, we need to be informed, yes. But please, I want to encourage you, if you are spending more time watching that stuff 
then you are spending in the word and with him and hearing what he's got to say, then you're going to end up confused and off track. All right? God never changes. Isn't that awesome? God never changes. Okay? He cares what? What does he care about? He cares about souls. He cares about people going to hell. He cares about people being separated from him. Okay? He cares about making disciples. He cares about the church being known by our love for one another. That's what he cares about. Our default should be, how can I love this person in front of me? How can I be light in this situation? God, what are you saying right now? What do you want me to do right now? Man, we need to to change the way we think. Amen? And I feel like we could spend a month unpacking how you practically renew your mind. Okay, we're not going to do that today. But if you want to go down that track, we can like do a whole thing of practical. This is what we do. This is what it looks like. Okay, because we need to think right. Amen? And we need to be thinking the thoughts of heaven. And we need to be partnering with the ways of God in this hour. The second thought I had about the helmet of salvation, I was reminded of the scripture in Isaiah 12, 1 to 6. And it says this, You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Man, what a great scripture. There is a well of salvation available for every believer in this life right now. All right? We are called as believers to draw deeply from the wells of salvation. Right? Draw deeply from the wells of salvation. The word salvation in that scripture in the Greek is the word Yeshua. Not to be confused with Yeshua. Yeshua, I think. And it means deliverance, welfare, prosperity, salvation by God from the penalty, the power, the presence and the pleasure of sin. Victory. Ah. That's a little bit more than I'm going to heaven one day, isn't it? And we're called to drink deeply of this. This is what is available to us when we are walking with the Lord. So to drink deeply from the wells of salvation would be firstly to believe that this is available to you now And in a place of intimacy with God, you engage with him. 
You engage with him. You start to commune with him. You exercise your faith in prayer and pull it into the here and now. Right? Thank you, Father, that it is your will that I be in good health and my soul prospers. Ah, oh, I speak to my body. Be healed in Jesus' name. I had to do this this week. I felt a virus coming on. I was like, ew, what is this? On Monday, felt so gross, felt virusy, felt achy, headache. I'm like, ugh. So I'm like, in the daytime, I'm like, Lord, I declare of my body, you be in good health in Jesus' name. By your stripes, I am healed. I rebuke this thing in Jesus' name. Right? So we're still feeling a bit gross on Tuesday. Mama Sharon reminded me, Naomi, have you taken communion? So I had a special time with the Lord in communion, took it, and it completely shifted it. Like, bang, gone. Ugh. Draw deeply from the wells of salvation, man. Oh, Father, you said my soul would prosper. Is there anything in my soul, my mind, my will, and emotions that isn't prospering? Is there anything you want to show me? Father, father me. This is what it sounds like. And then I'll sit with him. And maybe he'll show me stuff. Maybe he'll show me an attitude that doesn't really look like him. Maybe he'll show me something that I'm holding on to. Maybe he'll teach me something. It's different every time. How amazing is that? But when you do that, when you engage with him, that's drinking deeply from the wells of salvation. And you're allowing him to teach you and train you and grow you up. Isn't that beautiful? Ah, praise the Lord. Let him remind you. Remind yourself constantly of the benefits of salvation, deliverance, welfare, prosperity, salvation from sin, victory. Man, we have to remind ourselves that this is available to us as believers. Amen? And note, when you believe this, when you engage with what's available to you, when you drink deeply from the... Spitting all over, I need to have my mask on. When you drink deeply from the well of salvation, what, what is your response? In that psalm, he was like... I would draw, draw water from the wells of salvation. And then he goes into this praise. He's like, I will worship you. You are amazing. I'm going to tell everyone of what you've done. Man, when we draw from the wells of salvation, it always results in God, you're amazing. And I worship you. And I'm going to tell everyone about you. Ah, and then when you're worshipping him, then you encounter his presence. And then you're like, oh my gosh. And it just is like, it just keeps going and keeps getting better. Ah, oh, so good. One more thought. 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 to 11. Putting on the helmet of salvation. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, 
but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Everyone sitting in this room, you have something that every person in this world desperately needs. What is it? It's hope. You have hope. You have hope. You have the hope of salvation, not just here and now, but also forever and ever. Nothing can take that away from you. Nothing can take away from you your relationship with the Lord. Nothing can. They can lock you up in a little COVID room somewhere. Guess what? They can't separate you from the love of God. They can't separate you from hearing his voice. They can't separate you from him. Even if they kill you, you'll be with him forever. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, I have so much hope. The world desperately needs it. Ah, man. Hope, the joyful, confident expectation of eternal salvation. Man, even as our brothers and sisters in Christ in Afghanistan are facing horrendous atrocities, as they're facing execution even for their beliefs, for their faith, man, they have something that that no evil force on this planet can take away from them. Man, we, we pray for them, absolutely. But also we're like, oh, give them strength, Lord. Help them remember the hope that they have. Oh. Hope is the anchor of your soul. Without hope, you have no eyes. You can't see. And if you don't have hope, your faith has nothing to grab hold of. Remember last week we were talking about faith and it's like arms? Man, we need hope so our faith can grab it and pull it into existence. (sighs) All right. Is that enough on the helmet of salvation? How do we put our helmet on? Renew our minds according to the truth. Drink deeply from the wells of salvation. And remind yourself every single day of the hope that you have in Jesus. Remind yourself, remind your spirit when you're feeling down in the dumps, when you're like overwhelmed by life, it's like nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. Ah, so good. Yes. All right, we're still in verse 17. Isn't the word rich? That's like a couple of little words and you can go off into a million tangents. It's like, ah, so rich. Verse 17 still. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. He says it for us. It's not rocket science. We don't have to dig around, right? Okay, but the Greek word there is rhema. It's talking about the rhema word of God. So remember, there's two types of of the word. There's logos, the written word, your Bible, 
Okay? And then there's the rhema, the spoken word of God. Okay? This, the spoken word of God, will always be confirmed by the Logos. All right? That's what keeps it safe. That's why we can teach people to hear God's voice. Because this is the standard. He won't say anything that contradicts this, right? We need the written word as our foundation. But we also need the spoken word of God, the rhema, for direction. Amen? We have the written word to stand on. We have the rhema word, the spoken word, so we know what to do and where to go. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he will quicken a scripture verse or a specific direction to you, a specific word for that time and for a purpose, right? I want to give you an example. I was praying one morning. um, This was only a week or so ago. I was praying one morning and the Lord told me he was going to teach me about discernment. I was sitting there, had my journal, was listening to what the Lord was saying. He's like, Naomi, I'm going to teach you about discernment. And I was, I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that this morning. Awesome. Let's go. Like, what do you want to say? And, and then in the second sentence, I was like, and what do you want me to listen to? Is there a podcast? Is there a, um, a particular teacher, a book I should read? What, like, teach me. Just tell me what to do. And um, I heard him say, Naomi, I am your teacher. No need for a podcast. I'm going to teach you. Remind you of any scripture right there? John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. All right. And now I'm going to be super vulnerable. Sometimes my times with the Lord, I will say silly things. Um, and I said, oh, Father, thank you for teaching me, but is there a podcast or something that I could listen to just to make sure I'm on the right track? I was like, just because I don't want to get wrong and I want to be on the right track. Um, and he knows I like, I just like it. Do this, then do this, then do this. And rather than strike me with thunderbolt or do something like that, he should have rebuked me. Because I should have just been like, tell me, Lord. He was like, step one. He's like, you want steps? I'll give you steps, right? So step one. And he said, my followers need to ask me more questions. That's what he said. In any given situation, they need to ask me, what's really going on here, Lord? Okay, And if you want to start partnering with the Lord and using the sword of the Spirit, you have to stop looking at what's playing out before your eyes in the natural realm, right? And ask him the question, what's really going on here, Lord? And then wait to hear him, right? And I didn't get to step two because I was interrupted by the day starting. Kids were like getting... You know, the day just was like, boom, we're on. It's breakfast time. We need to get to school. And I learned step two on the run (laughs) about 10 minutes later, 
right? So we are going through our morning. We are on a time schedule in the morning, um, as probably everyone in this room is. It's like, boom, we have 50 minutes to have our breakfast, bags packed, lunches, teeth brushed, school uniform, washing on, out the door so that we can get Mr. 15 to his bus stop on time. Otherwise, it creates an extra half hour to like get him. It's just like no, get him to get him to the bus, right? So it's on the way, and um, there's no time for mucking around. And normally, the spiritual atmosphere of my home is peace. It's just it's the peace of God in my home, right? And um, all of a sudden, I felt it go. I felt a shift in the peace. So the peace left. And one of my boys, not this one, he's lovely. One of my boys, <laughs> one of my boys started like flitting around just doing the wrong thing. Like lots all at once. And I was like, like the peace was gone. And then there was a kid just flitting around. It was like he thought it was opposite day. And he was doing the opposite of everything that... He was asked to do or knew he should do. It was just like, I'm going to do the opposite and annoy everyone. Okay, on top of that, there was like this, he was like, like being rude, being disrespectful, back chatting, ev- everything. And I, and I started to like feel cranky and angry. And then I was like, oh, hang on a sec. I can apply what the Lord just told me because I've lost the peace and there's this crazy situation going and it's weird. So I stopped and I was like, Father, what's going on here? And straight away he spoke and he said, it's, sorry, straight away he spoke and he said, it is the spirit of rebellion. It's the spirit of rebellion. And as I, uh, maybe, yeah, thank you. Um, It's the spirit of rebellion. And I was like, huh. And as I continued to watch, I was like, it is so the spirit of rebellion. Like I can see this spirit like playing out in front of me and I didn't have to ask the Lord what step two was because I have authority in my home and over my son so I was like I'm gonna take authority over this thing because it should not be in my home so I walked over to my son and I was like mommy's not talking to you but I'm just gonna pray and I was like spirit of rebellion get off my son get out of my house in Jesus name boom and I kid you not, my son's eyes, like, change. He, like, glared at me. And he's like, all right, I will go. And then he turns around and storms out the front door. And then, atmosphere, peace again. Right? So that's, it's gone. Atmosphere is peace. My little girl, she's like, where's he gone? Is he going to be all right? I'm like, he's fine. He's going to come back. And that horrible spirit isn't going to be with him anymore and he came back like in a couple of minutes just came in the front door day went on he was beautiful just like he normally is and that spirit was gone right rhema word spirit it was a spirit of um rebellion right so i knew what to do because i had that word And I knew how to stand, I knew how to rebuke it, and it had to go in the name of Jesus. 
when you have a rhema word, you know what to do. It's as simple as that. And when you're in battle, when you're in combat, when you are standing having done all to stand, you need to be continually asking the Lord to give you a rhema word so that you know what to do. Jesus used a rhema word in the desert when he was being tempted by Satan. Remember? He used the word of God every time to rebuke the devil. Matthew 4, 4. But he, this is Jesus. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that's rhema there that comes from the mouth of God. We don't live by every we don't live by bread alone, but by every rhema word that comes from the mouth of God. I want to hear what God has to say every single day because it brings life. Amen? It's so important that you read your Bible so that the Holy Spirit has a deep well of treasure to bring to your remembrance. <clears throat> It's so important that you read your Bible so you don't fall into deception. Amen? The Lord will never contradict his written word. And when you're not hearing anything clearly from the Lord, when you're like, when you're like what's a rhema word? I don't have a rhema word. Like, don't get caught up on that. It's like, well, what has he already said? Because he said a lot. And it works. And sometimes we just need to believe it and apply it and not back down. Amen? All right, verse 18. Nelly Dunn. Sorry, I know I've taken a long time. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Our final piece of armor is prayer. It's prayer. And I don't have time to go into all of that today. But far out. Church, it's time to pray. It's time to pray. Both individually and corporately. The church of Jesus Christ is the restraining force that holds evil back on the earth. I think we forget sometimes. The church of Jesus Christ is the restraining force that holds evil back on the earth. If we want to see revival in this city, if we want to see revival in our nation, we need to pray. That's where it all starts. That's where it's birthed. That's where it continues in prayer, in partnership with what the Lord is saying and praying and declaring and doing. Amen? And I love that it says, praying at all times, what? In the Spirit. In the Spirit. Why? Because the devil has no idea of what you're praying when you're praying in the Spirit. It confuses him, but it brings clarity to the Christian. We're not going to go into praying in the Spirit either. Um, there's a great podcast on that, by the way. <sighs> But it's like, man, let's pray in the Spirit. Let's get the intel of heaven and then go there. We're praying this Tuesday here, pizza and prayer. The last one we had was fire. It was fire. There was only five of us. 
But men, all know that this church is serious about seeing the Spirit of God come upon this city when we gather to pray, when we prioritize that space. Then I'll know. Right? I'm going to be here. Um, I invite you to join me. Amen? And I feel like today we should end by praying. We should all pray. We can have our mask on. We can still pray. So we need to, we need to pray for our, for our country. We need to pray for those in lockdown. We need to pray for all of the poor people that like, feel like suicide's the only option. We need to pray for families. We need to pray for our government. Yeah? We're called to pray for them. We're called to lift up their hands. We have a saved prime minister. Praise the Lord. It is a hard job. It's a really hard job to be a leader in any capacity. Right? I would... He has so much weight on his shoulders. We need to lift him up in prayer and pray that he would have the wisdom of God for this hour for our country. Amen? We need to pray for Afghanistan. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters that are persecuted. So I don't even know how to facilitate this. Let's just... Let's have a big prayer meeting. <laughs>